Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. We're 200 episodes down and ideally hundreds more to go. I think so, yes, yes. There's no stopping us now. <laughs> Matt, uh, we could touch on a number of things. ASU uh, brought back Mike Bercovici to be the yeah. uh, grad assistant on offense. Uh, Sean Miller got the vote of confidence from the president of the University of Arizona. A whole myriad of things happening in the college basketball investigation, but it's NBA playoff time, and we have one team in the conference finals already. We've got three more uh, series going. Uh, Let's start with the team that's in. The Bucks up and the Celtics after uh, going down 1-0 and Paul Pierce declaring it was over, which became very important to Milwaukee fans. (laughs) Fodder, yeah, yeah, I mean – uh, I, and as I texted you last night, you know, after the game, first of all, it wasn't sad to see Boston go out um, and, and all their drama and hand wringing and all that stuff doesn't bother me that they weren't able to to uh, turn it on in the playoffs, as Kyrie Irving said they would all year. Um, but uh, the Paul Pierce thing just I mean, it almost it almost makes me sad because like it's just it's what the media is now. And, and you say, you know, ridiculous things and. I mean, it's not the first time he's done it. He got a lot of attention a month or so ago for the whole, you know, oh, he says he's better than Dwayne Wade, which, one, are we surprised he thinks he's better than Dwayne Wade? We shouldn't be. He probably but, thinks um, he's the best player of his yeah, era most, because— he, most really good players do. They have an inflated opinion of themselves, and that's how they got to be that good. Um is he better than Dwayne Wade? I mean, I don't think so. I don't think there's much, you know, real argument there uh, over the course of a career. I think Wade had a better career. But, you know, you, you say ridiculous things and then people will talk about it on Twitter and they react to it. And, and um, you know, it's, it's uh, Paul Pierce is a, is a good player version of what Chris Sims has become now in football. You just say outlandish things and all of a sudden you're on a radio show and people laud you as some sort of expert. Like, I'm not sure how you got to that point, but that's more a statement on the media um, than basketball. Um, I was glad to see the Bucks win that series and, and send the Celtics packet. And, uh, you know, now we're combined with the events of last night, you know, them winning and then, you know, Durant getting hurt for Golden State, potentially throwing that series into a little bit of an uproar. And all of a sudden it's, uh, you know, everybody's jumping on the Bucks bandwagon today and I'm, I'm it's it's always funny how the cycle works in the playoffs, and we go from one story to the next. And today is is crush Kyrie Irving day, and it's a jump on the Milwaukee's going to win the championship day, and they might. But you know, a lot of these people didn't know who they were until yesterday. Well, and in the other Eastern Conference series, the same thing happened with well the Sixers. How this team is. Built to last, they have everything, and then immediately it's now two games ago. Yeah, Yeah. now it's well, they they simply cannot put Ben Simmons on the floor. I know. Yeah, two games ago they were they were on their way to the conference finals, and Kawhi Leonard was on his way out of Toronto. They just didn't have enough help for him, and then you know, boy, it's amazing how quickly the stories change in the playoffs. And we have we have so little patience anymore to like let series play out. I mean, Toronto's down 2-1, and it's like they're a bunch of playoff chokers, and Kawhi Leonard's the only thing good about him. He's going to leave, and this franchise is in a disaster. Well, now they're on the verge of going to the conference finals with Kawhi Leonard playing great. 
But, you know, then, I mean, two games later, we could be looking at, you know, Philly wins tonight, wins game seven, then we're right back where we were two games ago. So it's uh, it's interesting. But, yeah, I mean, Philly, obviously, a true must win tonight, has to win to save their season. Um, and, a, and an interesting team, if they don't win or don't win this series, what do they do with this bunch? I mean, Jimmy Butler's a free agent. Do they bring him back? Do they, do they make a change with Ben Simmons? Tobias Harris is too, yeah. Um, uh, so do they change coaches? I mean, I think Brett Brown is probably on the hot seat if, if they don't get out of this round at least um, because they built for this. You know, it's, it's time to start producing and second round exits are not enough to justify the years of misery that that franchise went through. There's been a lot, to me at least, of interest. Uh, a lot of interesting things happening with free agents and who's on their way out the door. Oh, you yeah. know, Durant, you know, Al yeah. Horford, Kyrie, yeah. Kawhi, yeah. everyone yeah. who you named on the Sixers. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, and then the story, Clay Thompson told someone that he's not interested in being, you know, an afterthought anymore. Right, right, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it, you know, it, this is – the NBA – melds or it's off season with its season more than any um, in terms of how we cover it and how we absorb it. Um, you know, we, a lot of the casual fans don't pay that much attention to the regular season, the ins, the outs of regular season basketball. Um, it's a long season and you have, you know, a, a, you know, it's, it's relatively predictable. Um, you know, most of the time the teams that are supposed to make the playoffs do and the teams that aren't don't, um, but, it, you know, as soon as the season starts, we look to the offseason. And then when that offseason finishes, we look to the next offseason of who's going to go where and who's going to do what. And, uh, you know, it's 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 worked. It, you know, it, it may not be the healthiest thing for some teams. You know, if you look at the small market teams like New Orleans and that just seem like fodder for big market teams or, or the bigger teams, I should say. But, it's uh, you know, it certainly has given people a reason to have interest in the league. And, the, and LeBron led the way with that. Now it's everybody. Well, and in the fan culture and the current world culture of what's next, what's next, what's next, the right. NBA has embraced right. that by saying, yeah, what yeah. is next? Where are you going? You know, yeah. for the yeah. Bucks, yeah. it's like, uh, you know, Giannis is a free agent in two, two more seasons <laughs> after this. Yeah. Like, right, they better yeah. do something because he's going to be gone, you know. Right. I mean, it's Anthony Davis this year. You know, he's got a contract for one more year. But he already became the focus this year. Of where's he going to go? What's he going to do? Uh, you know, will the Pelicans trade him? Will you know if they if he has to play there another year? Uh, I mean, you know, and and I mean the Durant thing has been a yearly thing, especially this year. It seems like there's been more feeling that he is going to leave, or at least entertain the prospect of leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's always something. You know, and it really kind of to me the trigger for that was when LeBron and, and Boss went to Miami. I don't, you know, because nobody had done that. Nobody had chosen to, to merge together. The, the Celtics had done it through trades, getting Ray Allen and, and Garnett, but that was new. And, and, you know, you had all these tall tales of where LeBron was going to go, and, and then it happened. And that, I think, just kind of gave rise to this, like, boy, free agency in the offseason is even more interesting than the season, it seemed like. Well, and I think it dovetails with the fact that the Warriors – has sort of rendered the regular season relatively moot, especially the last 
few years where it was just years. Cavs yeah. versus Warriors. And even though right. the Cavs got one of those four. Uh, they did. They did. Well, and the Warriors have started going through the motions in the regular season, too. I mean, they had the 73-win season, but the last couple of years, they've, um, you know, this year they didn't even get to 60 wins. Um, you know, they, they rest guys, and it's smart. I mean, you know, that's the other thing is, um, you know, this, the the season and the way it's treated has changed. I, I I don't normally watch this show, but I, on Monday morning I found myself watching a little bit of that show Get Up before Dan Patrick started, and mm-hmm. they were talking about Adam Silver's comments saying, you know, should we shorten the season? And I can't remember who it was, but basically said, if we shorten the season to 70 games, you'll just have players playing 60. Um, I mean, you know, like you're, you're not, the, the mentality has changed. The days of, of, you know, everybody, oh, Jordan played 82 games. It's the mid-90s. This ain't the mid-90s anymore. And we're not going backwards on that. It's a little bit like saying guys should stay in college for four years. They don't. Or That's where are the did, complete games in baseball? Now. You know, right, exactly. We, yep, we yep. kind of know it too much. Uh, right, right. The, yeah, I mean, somebody said that, and that, that's very similar to what you're saying about baseball. You know, the sports science and the, you know, study of, of, you know, keeping guys healthy, that stuff didn't exist, at least in the form it does today, back in Jordan's era. You just played. That was the mentality. Um, you know, Jordan wasn't abnormal. Guys played. And, and you know, that has changed for a lot of reasons, teams are spending more money on players. They're spending more money on sports science and analytics and all those type of things. And, you know, yeah, you're right about, about pitchers. That's another one. And like, you know, oh, well, why don't guys throw nine innings anymore? Well, they just don't. Well, because <laughs> I mean, we've like, learned that throwing change. a baseball 95 miles an hour right. more than 100 times is really bad for you. Right, right. Yeah, you know, so, I mean, it's, it, it's uh, you know, I wasn't thinking that. I to me, when they were having that discussion, I was thinking about, you know, what we've talked about with college basketball and how, you know, when we were kids, younger kids, um, you know, if you left after your sophomore year, that was that was big. I mean, Chris Weber stayed two years and it was like, wow, he's already going. And and now that's completely changed. And, and you're there for one year because you have to be uh, for now, you know, but no more than the, the mandatory one year for the top guys. And there's just no change in that mentality. We're not going back to the 1980s when guys like Patrick Ewing stayed for four years. Nowadays, a prospect like Patrick Ewing would be gone after one year, and, and you can't unring that bell. Yeah, and teams would rather do it, and the players would rather do it, because you can get paid sure. above the table and yeah. you start the clock for your second exactly. contract. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So it's it's the same idea behind you know the resting of players. And uh, you know, to me, I, I kind of... I get amused a little bit when, when, you know, fans and media complain about rest days in basketball because, you know, they always, you know, the tale of woe about, boy, what about the family who wants to go see LeBron? And, and that's true. I don't disagree with that. But that's, that happens in baseball all the time. Um, you know, you, you have tickets to certain Brewers games. And if the Angels come and you're thinking, boy, I want to see Mike Trout, well, the game you go to, he may have a day off. And, that's life, you know, like it, it happens, um, you know, so, so basketball is really just kind of catching up to baseball in that regard that, you know, guys don't often play 162 games in baseball and they don't often play 82 in basketball. And that's just the way it is. I think it is. We know better now. We yeah. know, we know that the body can't do that. We know that, like, right. wow, guys get tired. You know, it's, it's one of those right. things how, you know, 
sports evolve over time. It's what makes it fun, but it's also what makes it incredibly hard to compare. You know, when people, people got all over Adam Ottavino last year when he (laughs) said I could strike out Babe Ruth every time. And I'm not sure that's true, but I'm not sure he's wrong either because no, no one was throwing yeah. 100 miles it's an hour. Different. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's. Uh, I mean, every sport we we talk about this a lot with football. You can't compare the the quarterbacks and receivers of today to the guys of the 60s and 70s. The game was just different. It was called differently. It was let you know rule. The rules were different. The strategies were different. Um, you know. So yeah, I mean, a guy like. Uh, uh, you know, Matt Ryan, who's a good quarterback and a very good career, is going to have monster numbers compared to, you know, Johnny Unitas. Doesn't mean he's better than him. He plays in a different era. Um, so it's, it, yeah, I mean, basketball is the same way. And, and yeah, you know, as much as we want to believe that, you know, Jordan is, is, you know, today's era, he's not. You know, Jordan retired 17 years ago and his prime was 20 plus years ago. Um, so, you know, the game has changed and, and the whole idea of, well, Jordan did it. Well, great. Jordan doesn't play anymore. If Jordan was playing now, he wouldn't play 82 games. It's coach mm-hmm. and his front office would make sure that was the case. Yeah. Well, and, you know, we talked about the Warriors had that, you know, 70 plus win season. Right. Well, that's the year they lost the title. They lost. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. I mean, and, and I'm not sure if that had, you know, one not necessarily cause the other, but... But if you're playing it, hard to get to 73... Right, right. And, you know, they, they looked burnt a little bit. Now, if Draymond Green doesn't get himself suspended, maybe they win that series anyway, and we, we don't have that conversation. But, but yeah, I mean, they did look a little burned out by the end of that season, and, and uh, you know, they were still one win away from winning the title. But let's not forget, they were down 3-1 in the series before to Oklahoma City. So, yeah, they were one win away from winning the title. They were also one loss away from going out in the conference finals. And the whole impression would have been different, too. So, yeah, their, their edge, you know, it's hard, it's hard to keep up that edge for eight, nine months, which is what the basketball season is. And, I mean, the Spurs were kind of a, a forerunner of that with Tim Duncan. You know, that, that Tim Duncan had the knee problem in his third year. And from that point on, they were careful with him and they did not push him and once one team has success with doing it with their star, other teams start doing it too. And and that, I think, you know, the Popovich and the Spurs and how they manage those guys as they got older has spread a lot of places because a lot of places have people that work for the Spurs. Steve Kerr being one, you know, got to see that. So, it, it you know, the game has changed and the thought has changed and there's just no unringing that bell. Yeah. We see it with The Undertaker in the WWE. Yeah, right. you know, you got to just save your guys for the moment and hope yeah, that they can yeah. rise to the occasion. Save them for the big moment, which used to be WrestleMania, but apparently now for WWE is a show in Saudi Arabia because then Undertaker can make, you know, seven figures for one 15 minute session of work and, you know, everybody's happy. Mm hmm. Um, that's neither here nor there, but, but yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting, but yeah, I mean, getting back to the, the, uh, NBA, you, you were at the Bucks game last night and I believe game two as well. Uh, so what were your thoughts? Can, you know, what do you think? Can this team win the title? I think so. Um, I'm, I'm not sure that they will, but I think they can. Sure. They, they have the swagger of a team that knows they're on the cusp of something. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, in they lose game one, they come back in game two, and they just blow out the Celtics. Just blow yeah, they them did. out. They and, did. Yeah. and I was talking to some guys at work about it, and the consensus was they needed the blowout because a close game gives you the feeling of, wow, they beat us once. We barely hung sure. on the second one, you know, sure. at home. That's good. But to blow them out, you know, you get momentum. You say, oh, okay, we solved it. We we yeah. understand now. Yeah. And well, and from what I recall in that game, too, wasn't when, I mean, it was pretty close to the half. Yeah. Like, yeah, they were up by two or one or something, you know, because I remember looking at that score and thinking, wow, are they in danger of, of dropping both at home? And then the next time I saw the score, they were up by 20 or something near the end of the third. So taking the game over like they did was a turning point, certainly, in that series. And it's a team that seems to know what it's supposed to be. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. They, they've got they've got the right complementary pieces for Giannis because everyone can shoot. Brooke Lopez sure. obviously is a revelation and it's, it's yeah. ironic. The Lakers did, did all these moves cause they needed a big man and it was probably Brooke Lopez who they needed. Yeah. 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 Maybe so. Um, the interesting thing with them is, you know, the history of the NBA tells you that you, you, you know, you get beat before you win it all. You know, you, you have at least one year, sometimes more, where you're pretty good and you you got to learn those lessons by losing. You know, the Bulls lost to the Pistons. The Pistons lost to the Celtics before that. Um, the Spurs, before they really went on their run, uh, you know, they lost to the Lakers. The Lakers, you know, got beat in the playoffs with Shaq and Kobe. The Warriors got beat by the Clippers the year before they won their title. Yeah, and the, this run. the LeBron Heat team lost. LeBron the- Heat team got beat by Dallas. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's just you rarely see a team. Milwaukee was, what, the eight seed last year and got beat in the first round in five mm-hmm. games, I believe. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you rarely see a team go from that to champion. Uh, you know, it's just there's not really much precedent for that in the NBA, especially without really adding any major piece. Like they did add some. I mean, they added. But they, they made some additions. But they might. But, but the thing is, they might have added the right pieces. One, sure. uh, Coach Bud is sure. a market improvement from Kid. The, the defense yes, they're playing, is. obviously, you yeah. know, compared to when Kid came in with an innovative defense and they had one great year defensively, mm-hmm. the league looked at it and said, "Oh, okay, you're. Yeah. We'll just throw over the top. Uh, you know, right. of your right. scramble." And, you know, if we, as long as we throw the skip pass accurately, it's an open corner three. Right, um, right. You know, and I, not to knock kid because one of the things that, you know, people will overlook and ignore about kid is mm-hmm. everyone mocked the point Giannis era. Yes, they did. And, yep, yep. And that year basically turned into, you know, the opportunity for Giannis to be what he is now. To play to be the player now, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. I mean, there were there were um, flashes of potential when when Kid was there, but certainly last year was a dis. I mean, I remember going to see him last year here, and they didn't have all the guys they have now. But I remember watching them and thinking, boy, this is a very athletic team. And Giannis didn't even play that night. Giannis was sick, but you know, just watching them overall and thinking they they got some athletes, and you could see that when they cared. They could be really good defensively, but it just didn't seem like they were normally locked into that. And yeah, I mean, you know, Budenholzer's from the Spurs tree and, and had success in Atlanta. It, it kind of went bad there quickly with the, you know, 
franchise upheaval and all that. You know, uh, they well, it, and they when went they from had, a sixty-win team to, yeah. to nothing real fast. But. They had that team that you know everyone was co-player of the week that week, right. and they were just right. you know dominant for a time. But it was yeah, it was veterans and guys who knew their role. And yeah. now what he's got is guys who know their role and they're veterans, but they're not old. They're all, right. they are all right. for the most part on the plus side of 30. Well, and you know, I mean, to, to be fair to those Hawks teams, they ran into LeBron. Uh, they, you know, they lost in the conference finals once, maybe twice. Um, LeBron's not in the East anymore. And, and that's opened the door for somebody to emerge. And, and, you know, who knows, LeBron certainly has gotten older and the Cavs were crumbling around him by last year, so it might not have mattered anyway if he'd stayed. But it's opened the door and, and they appear to be able to walk through it. Now, Toronto is, is certainly a, a force, too, with, with Leonard playing as well as he has. Um, I think that'd be a really good series. I Oh, and the, I you know, and the Sixers have a... You know, if the Sixers come back, sure. they have the talent. They've got you know. They have the starting five to to be a threat to anybody. Yeah. Well, I mean, and they've they got two threat. athletic guys who are the same size as Giannis, and it's right. tough. You know, right. it's one thing the Celtics could put Big Al on him, but at a certain point, there was just not enough help for him. Run around him. Yeah. 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 He's a better athlete than Horford, and yeah, I mean, it, you know, it'll. They're, they're good enough to do it, and they've been the best team all year. I mean, Lebertard has been hammering that on his show for several weeks since, you know, back to the regular season. That You know, the, the Bucks are the best team in the East, and, and they they were. They would have home court in the finals regardless, um, which I don't think, you know, the, the average fan would probably not know that if you asked them right now. They'd probably figure Golden State as the number one overall seed, and they're not. Uh, you know, so they, they certainly have the ability. It just – it is – I don't want to say completely unprecedented, but you struggle to remember a team that that went from, you know, being really a playoff non-factor. I mean, they made it last year, but didn't, you know, had never won a series with this group. I mean, the last time they'd won a playoff series, what, 01 or 02, something like that. Yeah. So a long time ago uh, to winning a championship. That's a big leap, but maybe, maybe the stars are aligning for them, especially if, you know, Golden State either has injuries or gets bounced, which, uh, you know, the next game or two in that series will be very interesting to see what happens. Well, and if we flip over and talk about the West, you've got the, you know, if the Rockets win at home without, yeah. with no Durant for Golden which State, got it's, it's going seven. And if it yes. and if it goes seven, then, let you know, let's assume that tonight the Nuggets finish off the Blazers. Yeah. Then they're going to have to play in altitude for the next series. True, for, true. For, you know, yeah. two or three games. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's interesting to me how this series this year feels a little bit, I mean, so far, the opposite of last year. The team that won game five in the 2-2 series, they win game five, but they have a key player get injured knocked out for the rest of the series. It was Chris Paul last year, um, and they lost the next two. And they were the team with home court. And now it's Golden State, team with home court. I, I just I want to believe the Rockets can win these two, but if you asked me to bet on it, I wouldn't do it. I just don't know. As much as I love James Harden, and you know I do, um, with, with Tim Duncan out of the league now, he's, he's certainly one of my two favorite players, I guess, with LeBron. I don't know that I trust this group to win, you know, even tomorrow night, 
to be honest with you. I could see them losing at home tomorrow, and no one thinks that's even possible. I've watched people talk all day about, you know, oh, they're going to win game six. Like, I, I don't know. If I had to bet, I'd bet, I'd bet Golden State. The old adage comes back. To be the man, you have to beat the man. Yeah, do it. And yeah, and this is their chance. I mean, it's a it's a golden opportunity for them. You know, they were playing them pretty evenly anyway. All five games have been decided by six or less. Um, you know, it's been closed. And now Gold State's best player, who's been great all series, is out. You can't ask for a better opportunity. I mean, I, I, I went to... Uh, get my hair cut this morning, and unfortunately the place I went had first take on, and I can't stand first take. But I was forced to watch it, and I watched Stephen A. bellow for like eight minutes uninterrupted about how there's no excuses left for Houston. And even though it drove me insane because of Stephen A. talking, I couldn't really disagree with what he's saying. Like, this is this is the time. If you're going to do it, if I mean, if not now, when, basically? Yeah, well, and look, Chris Paul has played terribly this series (laughs) Um, and if he can somehow find it again and i'm and i'm worried that we are it's so bad that maybe he can't he can't um but if he could somehow find it again the fact that they're playing games this close when he is shooting so terribly yeah makes you think they could take these two but but the problem is at least from where I'm sitting, the Warriors did this without Durant before. They did. They did. Now, the point that I've heard today, and it's a fair point, they did it without Durant in 15 and 16, and they got to the finals there, you know. But, the, A, that was a younger team. You know, I mean, all these guys were younger. Bogut was a big factor. He's a total non-factor. He's on the roster, but he doesn't even play. Oh, yeah, it's a Kevon Looney uh, team. Right. <laughs> Their bench is, is much shallower than it was. I mean, that team had a good bench. They could go eight eight to ten deep. This team doesn't. Iguodala was younger and, a, and, you know, a better force on defense. He's he's getting up there in years. So, the you know, the notion of, oh, they can just go back to 2015, well, it's not quite that simple. But you're right. They have done it before with, with Curry and Thompson as the, you know, dominant scorers, Draymond Green being his annoying pest all-around kind of player smells. If um, Livingston can turn it on, because he's had a bad yeah, series, too. He has, he has, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's. Uh, I mean, it'll be a fascinating one or two games. I'm hoping two. Um, obviously, I'm hoping the Rockets win both, because one, I don't like Golden State. Two, I love James Harden. Even though I really am not a huge Chris Paul fan or a Mike D'Antoni fan, I am because they're associated with James Harden. Um uh, you know, but it, it's it's the type of, I mean, I always hate when the media does this because we, we move the goalposts on this all the time. You know, oh, this is a legacy-defining game and the guy's a great game and then the next series is another legacy-defining game. We forget about the one. But in a sense, um, for at least the negatives, this is, this is defining for Chris Paul and James Harden if it doesn't go well, especially if they lose at home game six. That's a, that's a hard one to get over. Not to say their careers are done. You know, James Harden is still in his prime, and he'll have more opportunities. But boy, that is a hard one to get past if they don't get it done now, because everything's laid out for you. Let me go uh, pundit for a second. Will James Harden have more opportunities? Because Chris Paul's contract, if he's well, done, is an albatross, yeah, and and that yeah. team is gonna—they're not gonna have good draft picks because they're too no, good right. to you know. 
You're right. I mean, I don't know. I, I, what I what I guess I mean is his career isn't over. Oh, no. He could He's win another MVP. Years, but... and, and you never know. I mean, they they are um, – they don't have tons of cap room, but Daryl Morey's a master at, at cap manipulation. Um, and so you could see them, you know, somehow being a factor, getting another star. Uh, you know, they were supposed to be done for when they had Dwight Howard and James Harden. Oh, they're in jail. Well, they got out of the Dwight Howard deal. And they ended up with Chris Paul, which no one saw coming. So, you know, you never know. Uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, it's a fair question that is this their best opportunity, their last best opportunity as 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 constituted? I think, yes, it kind of feels that way. Um, and, and you could argue that maybe last year was a better opportunity than this year because Chris Paul was still playing at a pretty high level. And he really hasn't this year for the most part. I mean, his struggles in the playoffs are not out of character for his season. He didn't have a great season. That's why Harden averaged so many points, because they needed him to be that dominant scorer. Um, so, yeah, it's it's definitely a fair question, and we don't know. But this is an opportunity right in front of them to get past the team that has, you know stopped them last year, that stopped them a few years ago and had Dwight Howard. Um and then the road is is clear, not easy, but clear to win that championship if, if they can do that. Yeah. I personally think that it's a good thing for Harden that they had that time when Paul was doing nothing and he went on right. that massive run to let them know, hey, look, we can win yeah. with Chris Paul not giving us anything. Right. I mean, he was, he was out for – for a, portion, right. a good portion of that, not even right. playing. Then he came back and really wasn't much of a factor when he first came back. And that, you know, yeah. So, uh, so it's harder to do in the playoffs well, like that. Maybe, but so you know, I but. ask you this. You watched your team turn their season around with Chris Paul not playing. Right, right. Do you consider, consider limiting his minutes this game to 25 to try to do something? Yeah, I, I don't think you can. I think you got to, you know, you're right. They did turn it around, but in the regular season, you're, you know, the rhythm of your schedule is totally different. You're playing different opponents every night, and now you've got, you know, this is game six. They know your flaws, you know theirs. Um, you know, they're going to throw things at James Harden, you know, defensively that in the regular season he wasn't seeing because teams don't game plan as much in the regular season. They just play. Um, in the playoffs, they do, and so I, I, I think you've got to go with the with the guys that you paid big money to bring you here. And Chris Paul, certainly, they paid big money to at this offseason. Um, you know, and, and you got to hope he's got something left in the tank. I don't think he hasn't. It's not like he's been horrendous, but he hasn't been all star level, Chris Paul. But if he can do it for two games, maybe that's all you need. Because maybe you could get by. Denver or Portland with him playing average. But I don't think you can get by Golden State, even without Durant, with him playing average. He needs to watch uh, For Love of the Game and the Vin Scully speech that he gives <laughs> uh, when Kevin Costner's character, whose name I can't recall off the top of my head, is going for the perfect game. Right, And, right. you know, he's pitching not against right-handers, not against left-handers, not against the Yankees, but against time. And I yeah, feel like Chris yeah. Paul is not playing against the Warriors yeah, or playing against yeah. Steph Curry. He's playing against time. 
to an extent, yeah. You know, it's, it's funny how you know we've talked for years about you know as we're talking here about Chris Paul, it's crystallizing to me that all these guys that were in the same high school class, Chris Paul, LeBron, um, Anthony, Carmelo, um, Wade, I think was a year ahead of them or two years ahead, but they were all around, you know, and great, great buddies. And they've all kind of hit the wall. I mean, even LeBron to an extent, LeBron had a great year. Like the, the notion that LeBron fell off and he stinks now is, is laughable. He, Which he is a question of they, they, they all, you know? they all slipped, but he was so much higher Right, so <laughs> that, that his slip is to just being bar was, an all star. So yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he had a great year statistically, but the wins weren't there. The team success obviously wasn't there overall. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, age takes a toll, and they've all played a ton of basketball. And Ron has played a ton. All these runs to the finals, the Olympics, you know, world championships, all this stuff. I mean, it, it's eventually it's going to take a toll and none of them are 40, but they've played a lot of basketball and they're all in their mid thirties. I mean, Dwayne Wade's retiring, obviously mm-hmm. Anthony couldn't find a job after, you know, getting cut to start the year. No one wanted him. Um, and you just wonder, are we, are we seeing the end? I mean, everybody's always in a, in a rush to say, Oh, this guy's done. And lots of times guys have more years left. Like, wow, we thought they were done two years ago. But maybe we're starting to see the end. Not that LeBron is totally done, but is he done as, as an MVP-level player? He might be. I, I mean, I think it's it's worth asking, at least. Yeah. Which brings us to the Lakers and their drama from yesterday uh, that Ty Lue apparently said thanks but no, and now they can't <laughs> give away their coaching job. Yeah, they, uh, they missed out on Ty Lue because apparently they put... Uh, on the table, he had to take Jason Kidd as an assistant. Yeah. And he wanted to give him a three-year deal versus yeah. five when, you know, Monty Williams got a five-year deal from the Suns to probably be fired within the first two years because that's just what the Suns do. But they gave him a five-year deal. Um, and former mm-hmm. Laker coach Luke Walton got a five-year deal from the Kings, uh, which, of course, comes with its own baggage given the accusations around Luke Walton. But nonetheless, five years has kind of been the standard they didn't want to go to that. And it, it begs the question. I was thinking about it this morning, and obviously, you know, with all the Magic Johnson drama that's gone on, like, did we unfairly or incorrectly assume that Jeannie Buss had, had you know, was on the ball enough to figure things out? Maybe there is no su- successful heir to the Buss throne. Like, we all thought Jim was a doofus, and once Jeannie took over, things were going to be great. But most of her moves have been swings and misses so far, too. Well, the, it's interesting because the, the flaw of Jim Buss was a, an assumed general misunderstanding right. of what the Lakers are. Right. And the flaw right. of Jeannie Buss seems to be a general misunderstanding of what the Lakers are presently. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the Jim Buss years were kind of marked by, well, first of all, they gave Kobe that ridiculous deal. And, yeah. You know, they paid him for being Kobe Bryant. And, and well, and financially, you know, to give him credit, financially the deal pays for itself on jersey sales and all sure, of that. Sure, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they they had to bring back Kobe, but they bid against themselves and they hamstrung themselves from a cap perspective by giving him so much money. And guys didn't want to play with Kobe. You know, Kobe yeah. was ball dominant and past his prime, and so they they swung and missed at, at free agents every year. They got Dwight Howard in a trade, and then he left. He wasn't mm-hmm. good when he was there. Um, 
and and yeah, I mean, the feeling was, well, the Lakers just feel like they can just say we're the Lakers and guys will come here. Well, that's not the way it is anymore. And then they completely wiped out Jim Buss. You know, Jeannie comes in, and it's like, you know, I think everybody just kind of assumed, okay, Lakers are back now. The grown-up is in charge. Yep, yep, she's more on the ball. But everybody always thought Jim Buss was the black sheep of the family. Jeannie was the one who was going to figure things out. She's bringing in magic to bring back the glory days. They bring in LeBron. Everything's peachy. Well, it hasn't been. And the, the magic, you know, trusting magic obviously was a bad decision. You can't argue that now because he bailed on them. Yeah, well, um, and uh, let's be honest. He wanted to go back to being able to be magic. Right. His Twitter yeah. is terrible as magic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, and, and you know, again, we talked about magic. and uh, I, don't, I don't know if we did that on recording or not. I can't remember. But, um, you know, I don't begrudge him that opportunity. But, you know, Jeannie Buss has to bear the brunt of that because she's the one who trusted him. And said, okay, you know, he's going to be the point man in getting us back to being the Lakers. And he bails, you know, early on in the project before anything has been accomplished. And haven't even gotten to the playoffs in the last, what, six, seven years, I think. And, you know, it's been been a while since the Lakers have been in the playoffs, which is amazing. Uh, you know, I mean, that that's seemed like an annual right that the Lakers would at least be in the playoffs, if not contending for a championship. Well, because they're willing uh, to spend. They are. Wrongly, and, and the misguidedly. Lakers, you know, you know. we feel like, we keep feeling like, well, the Lakers are the Lakers and they're just, you know, but you, you wonder a bit if that appeals to the new, the, this generation of players as much as, as much as it used to. Um, you well, don't need no to be with the Lakers to be a star magic play, you know? Right, right. There's none. And, and yeah, Shaq and Kobe, but, you know, Shaq and Kobe, their, their glory days together was 15 years ago, more than that. Um, Kobe played deeper into his career there, obviously, and won a, won a couple more titles. In but their last title 2000s. was their last title was 2010. 2010, yeah. So, yeah. so, so even that, you bit. know, the young guys in the league were in middle right. school, maybe. Right. Well, we keep. I mean, every year it's it's you know, for years it was Russell Westbrook. Well, he's an L.A. kid. He wants to go back to the Lakers. Well, he, he hasn't done so. In fact, he's re-upped with Oklahoma City twice. Paul George. Oh, he's an L.A. guy. He's going to go back to the Lakers. He didn't. Um, Kawhi Leonard. Oh, he's a, he's a Southern California kid. And most people seem to think he's more likely to end up with the Clippers than the Lakers. So it just like it just doesn't appear to have the, the same appeal. Not that it has no appeal, but it doesn't have the same appeal that it used to. And... Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what the way out is, um, but certainly a team run by, and it's not to knock these guys, but, you know, Frank Vogel and Mike Woodson and Lionel Hollins, albeit Lionel Hollins being a Sun Devil, does not get the heart pumping too fast with Rob Palenka calling the shots. When What has he ever done to show he's deserving of calling the shots for an NBA team? Yeah. Well, all he was was the agent of the guy who they loved. So, right, right, and and, and I've and, uh, heard you know from ESPN podcasts and Bill Simmons that you know he kind of burned some bridges with front offices when he was an agent. I heard that too. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, you just you just wonder. Like I know I I heard Bill Plasky wrote a column today that you know said welcome to the you know welcome to the era of the Los Angeles Knicks, and they haven't sunk that far, but you know you do start to look and think. Uh, well, they're they're showing more in common with the Knicks than you want to have. Let's say that. 
Mm-hmm. Which was the same. I mean, if I remember right, was Jimmy Dolan is the son of the former Knicks owner. Yeah. And he took over and has run them completely into the ground. And so you just, you know, I think, like I said, I mean, I did it. And I think, every, you know, most people in the basketball media did it too. Oh, well, once Jeannie takes over, boy, this, uh, this ship is going to run smoothly. Well, it has not. Maybe we gave her too much credit when, when she really hadn't done anything herself. It, I think the idea was like she was here for the glory days and she right. was the favorite child. And she was she the was, one who learned at the knee of, of Dr. Buss and, and she would just get it right back on track to what and, he did. And all of those people loved her. She yes. was the force of personality you know, she was around all of the legendary right. Lakers. And, and it well, was, yeah, I mean, her know. and Magic were, you know, they've always said they were like brother and sister. You mm-hmm. know, Magic was like, you know, Jerry Buss's son. And, and you know, they grew up together. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and I think that, that, you know, Jimmy Buss was, like I said, he was always derided. Like, oh, he's a bum. And, you know, he'll never do anything. But, boy, as soon as Jeannie takes the throne, just wait. And then she did. She brings back magic. And then, oh, I think they're going to be great. Well, they, they have been right now. Um, and, you know, can LeBron carry the weight like he did with Cleveland? I don't think he can. We saw it this year. He, he broke under the weight. He missed, you know, 17 games with an injury that probably in his younger days would not have cost him 17 games. Mm-hmm. Well, he's another guy who you can do maintenance. You can do these things. But at a certain point. Right age he, he gets old yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's mean, one of those things like tim duncan never got hurt never had a major thing but at right. a certain point you just played twenty thousand hours yeah and, yeah exactly yeah i mean it, you know his his athleticism was was never the same after year three when he had the knee injury and he adapted his game and and you know was still very good for a lot of years but then in the later years he didn't move very well. He couldn't get off the ground much. He didn't run the floor much. But they they adapted around him and had the team around him, and that's the thing. The Lakers don't don't appear to have the guys around LeBron to mitigate for LeBron being maybe eighty percent of of peak LeBron. Well, and they, it and, also and I, feels like they don't have the inclination to do it because they want to no. trade all the young guys to right. get you know to Anthony Davis or somebody star. and yeah. You know, the, yeah, and, and and I don't know that that solves their problem. I mean, Anthony Davis is is a very good player, great player, but one he's hurt all the time too. So let let's say they make that trade, they trade three or four of their young guys for Anthony Davis. Well, what happens when Anthony Davis inevitably misses twenty games because most every year in his career he's done so? And can you count on LeBron to play seventy five plus anymore? I don't think he can after what happened last year. And you shouldn't so, want to. You know? No, you shouldn't. No. So so what do you have? You've got a team of two superstars. That What if they're hurt at the same time? Or what if only one's healthy? Well, I mean, we've seen Anthony Davis be the one guy healthy surrounded by not much. And what, what has it been? A team that, you know, has made the playoffs twice in his career and never been past the second round. Yeah. And it's just a question of, you know, what is enough to make the playoffs? Can, can you right. get to... 45 wins with you know one or the other of that like if they play a combined 65 games yeah. you know like yeah. let's say they play 65 games each and of those 60 are together mm-hmm. five each apart and two with neither of them right right can you then you know can you, can you win get in the playoffs yeah uh, but can you are you uh are you a team that's really a contender i i don't think so 
I mean, you know, maybe you fill it in with veteran pieces and, you know, you can, you can do it in some way. But, I mean, if you're LeBron and Anthony Davis and a bunch of guys, I don't know that you're a top four team in the West. And so then you're facing an uphill battle to even get out of the first round. Hypothetical trade for you. Would you rather do the big Anthony Davis package or just mm-hmm. straight up Lonzo Ball for Ben Simmons? It's a good question. The, that's a really good question. I don't know. Um, I'd probably do the Anthony Davis deal because I feel like Lonzo Ball for Ben Simmons is almost like this, you know, trading a $1 bill for a $1 bill. Um, you haven't gotten any richer, you know, like, um, I mean, they're both, they're both have potential, but it's a ways off and they have, they need work. Neither one can score. I can't, neither one can shoot at all. Um, and so I don't know that either one of those work alongside LeBron, who is basically a ball dominant player, needs the ball in his hands a lot and needs guys who can shoot and neither one of them can. So I'd probably do the Davis deal just because that gives me a chance to be something different. But that's a good question. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I just think that the reason to do the Simmons deal, and obviously I have zero sources because I'm just a guy in my apartment. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Same for me, obviously. Yeah. But if you think about it, the the issues with Simmons, at least, can Mm -hmm. kind of be masked if you have LeBron running the ball from the wing because, you know, Simmons can hang out in the dunker spot, you know, or in the corner. And yeah, and yeah, when uh, LeBron is out, which inevitably will happen, I think right. you have a much better chance of Simmons being able to take over games than Ball. He could be your yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. I mean, the, for both of those guys, you know, the, the the tale will be told by what they do to improve the next couple of years. They both have a lot of talent. And they both have a natural feel for the game as far as handling the ball, passing the ball. But they're both very limited by their inability to shoot. And you can learn how to shoot. I mean, neither one of them will ever be Clay Thompson or Steph Curry. But you can get better. Magic Johnson's a great example. Kawhi Leonard is another one. Jason Kawhi Leonard Kidd. couldn't Yeah. None of those guys coming out of college were any you know, anywhere near the shooter they ended up. And they just worked at it and they got to be pretty effective. I mean Kawhi Leonard and J- Jason Kidd is one of the all time leading three point shooters. As far as makes go, not percentage, but makes, you know. So when he, at the start of his better. career, that was the you would just give him that. You right, would stand right, at the free exactly. throw line and say, "Okay, go ahead." You know? Exactly. So it's it's one of those for both of those guys. Like, do they do they want it bad enough? And and I think you you, you fair to question right now. Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons appears to love being a celebrity. Yeah. Um, you well, know, and all always, the stories about him that they keep trotting out there because their PR people do a great job. Is, well, he shoots a ton in practice, and he really right. is working on it. It's like, right. well, you're down 3-2 in the conference semis. T- time yeah. to let it out. If, you know. Time to, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, he he needs to, you know, that doesn't mean he can't have any fun. I mean, sometimes we do this with athletes. You know, we see him do, oh, well, you should be practicing 12 months a year. But, you know, if Ben Simmons wants to be a great player, and he's got the talent to be, you know, be in the gym every day, taking – 500 jumpers in the offseason and just get better at it you know just get better again i'm sure he's never going to be ray allen or somebody who's just a natural born shooter yeah. but you can be an effective shooter to it to the point where then the rest of your game opens up because teams aren't willing to just sag off you and play 10 feet off you so then you can't 
get in the paint and make the passes and the things that, that make him good. He needs to get to a keep-you-honest level three-point yeah. shot. Yeah, absolutely. Rajon Rondo has done it. I mean, you know, Rondo's got his problems personality-wise and all that, but, you know, he's he's at least become a salvageable average jump shooter to the point where, you know, if you're going to sag off him, he'll take it, and he can make some. And for both of those guys, they, they just they got to they put the work in. And you wonder if they will. I mean, you know, some guys will, and some guys just never get it. And I, I'd be worried. If, if I'm Philly, I'm a little worried about Ben Simmons ever getting it. And I know it's early. He's, he, he should be a senior in college. So maybe I'm rushing to it. But you just, you know, you just feel like with him and Embiid to an extent that they really liked being Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. They liked being stars. And, like, when is the light going to click on that they need to put the, the sweat equity in and stop relying on just being Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid? Yeah, and I, I was listening to one of the Ringer podcasts, I think it was, and they were talking about Embiid, and no. it's like, he came to the game late, but since he showed sure. up playing basketball, it's been, wow, you are taller right. than most people, you right. are more athletic than most people, so you can either go over them or through them. Yeah, And yeah. now, you can't do that anymore, because, you know, we talked about, wow, Porzingis is a unicorn, Giannis is a unicorn, right. Uh, And beads a unicorn. The thing about unicorns is they're not supposed to be on every team, and we're starting to get you know a lot of guys who are six eleven to seven two who can shoot and dribble. Who can do this? And then and then what do you get? You get coaches who figure out how to defend them. It's like I mean we see it all the time in football. You know the the running quarterback comes on the scene like Robert Griffin did, and he is a supernova. No one has an answer for him. And then what happens? Teams figure out some answers for him. And, and it's how do you adjust? And, and in the NBA, it's how do you adjust in the playoffs? Because like we were talking about with James Harden, it's a totally different animal in the playoffs, playing a team seven times in a row potentially than playing a team, you know, one night, you're traveling, playing another team the next night, you get teams off back-to-backs, you get teams that get in at three in the morning. You know, it's, it's a little bit easier to coast and just rely on your talent. You get in the playoffs and you realize – got to have some other answers beyond just I'm really good. I mean, LeBron realized it. Took him a while, but he realized it. You know, he had to learn how to be in the post and how to do more things and uh, and maybe that's the thing that we see now is these guys get in the league and, and they reach year two and three and they're 21 and they haven't reached that level of maturity yet. We want them to be there, but they're not there. They think, you know, oh, yeah, I'll get it eventually. And then maybe around the time they're turning 28, 29, 30 is when they think, alright, Time to get serious, like LeBron did. Well, and LeBron's a great example because the thing that they talk about with LeBron is every offseason, he comes up with something new. Does something new. And it's, you know, all all of a sudden he shows up and he's got the post game. And all of a sudden he shows up and he's got that wing three above the break. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, him... Him do him developing a post game was was you know a turning point in his career because he got worked in 2011 in those finals because he couldn't post up and and he couldn't defend in the post and then he came back in 2012 and he had it and they won a championship um, you know so he's a he's an ultimate example of that but yeah I mean I think if you're if you're the Sixers like I guess the question is how long do you stay patient. Uh, you know, you've been patient. Well, well and the but, thing is, you have to pick one, I think. Right. And, and you you better bet correctly. But 
Yeah. Their games yeah. are, especially if Simmons doesn't develop a three-point shot, they, he's in the way of what Embiid does. He is. You yes, know? he is. Yeah. Yeah. Do they mesh? Yeah. yeah. And I think that's what you're, you're getting at when you say you got to pick. Do they have to pick one? Yeah. Well, do that's they, why I throw out really the Lonzo situation is, yeah. I, you know, yeah. I don't, in a vacuum, if they are playing pickup against each other, I think Simmons is a more physically imposing player than Lonzo. Sure. But sure. Lonzo's not going to be hanging out in the key. True, you know, true. dragging another defender to Joel Embiid. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's very true. I mean, I and he I doesn't do need wonder, to shoot. He he's not a he guy who not. needs to score fifteen to validate no. himself. Agreed, agreed. I mean, both those guys are guys who can be impactful without shooting, and and that's a that's an important thing to have on your team. But they just they need that element to at least give them a threat. I don't I don't want Lonzo Ball to you know turn into a player who's shooting eight threes a game. He's not that, but you know. No, but get, he needs to watch Rondo, and yes. and say, yes. okay, I have this kind of vision. I have elite level passing. I can yes, fit balls in places that people don't even see as open. Yeah, yeah. They both they both have that you know feel for the game that you can't teach. I mean, it's cliche, but it's true. You really can't. You can teach shooting. It's been done, and and you know, shooting is want to. See. It's, it is. It's, it is. It's a lot like being good on defense. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. If you put in the work, you can be good. Maybe not great. I mean, you know, uh, you know, if you're undersized or whatever, it doesn't mean you, you know, just, oh, I want to, I'll be a great defender. You have limitations. And, and neither one of them, again, is a natural shooter, but you can yeah. get better at it. Well, and it's a, it's a sort of thing where these are skills that you can max out. I, you can't yeah. max out your height. Your height is your height. Right. But, Right. You know, shooting, effort, defense. Defense. These are yeah. things that you can max out. If you yeah. there's I, I heard Zach Lowe talking about Jokic in that context of everyone talks about, mm-hmm. you know, he's not a good defender. He, he's got good feet and he gets in the right. way. And right. sometimes he commits fouls and sometimes yeah. he looks bad, but he gets in the way. A a guy who's the I think a perfect example of this is Aaron Baines. Objectively, yes. Aaron yes. Baines is not a stout defender, but no. no one tries harder on defense and makes True. you work harder and gets in your way and is willing to yeah. take contact and be physical and not, you know, let, let's call it what it is. Not afraid to be embarrassed. He's not afraid <laughs> to have you dunk over him because he's going to yeah. be under yeah. the basket and make you think about having to go up and over him. Yeah. 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 I, I agree. You're right. That's a, that's a good name. Definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Simmons will be will be a story, obviously, if they lose this series. I think he's the most likely to be um, exercised from that team if they decide to pull, you know, push the reset. And, you know, I think you're more likely to keep Embiid. Embiid has shown a higher level at his best. Now he's always hurt. And, and, well, and, and, now, and now sick? Now sick, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he just his availability is a huge question mark, always. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, you know, at his best, he's better than Simmons. I don't think there's much debate right now about that. Um, and so it's, you know, if, if that's the way you reset, I heard them talking on Dan Patrick this morning, you know, if the, if the Knicks get the number two pick would, you know, would that make sense to trade, you know, they get Simmons and they trade the two pick to the Sixers for, you know, John Morant, mm-hmm. theoretically, something like that. And that's interesting. I mean, Morant's a better scorer, um, Certainly has an better, outside you know, game. 
space. Yeah, exactly. If you're talking about space for Embiid, he gives you a point guard who can space the floor, as they say, and Simmons does not. I mean, it's it's fun fantasy basketball to talk about, but it it you know there's there's some logic to it as well. Um, well, you need someone besides Redick, and they thought they were getting that with Harris, right. but he's been. And he has not been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he has struggled mightily in, in most of the playoff games. He had one one really good game against Brooklyn, but that's it. Um, yeah, so it's it's just been an awkward fit, and you know it's it's not altogether that surprising. They pieced together a lot of different pieces, and bringing them all together is is not always easy. No. Um, well, let's go through, Matt. Rockets, Warriors. Who do you have? I mean, I told you I want the I want the Rockets to win, and I hope I'm wrong, but I, I'd still pick Golden State right now. I'm taking Golden State as well. Okay. Uh, Nuggets, Blazers. I, I mean, I want it to be the Blazers. I'm wearing right now yeah. Blazers gym shorts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, it almost feels like they've maxed out. Um, and the Nuggets just are better than them. I, you know, I, I mean, Game Five was such a blowout. Both Game Fives a couple nights ago were blowouts in series that had been real competitive to that point. So I, I, I'd go Nuggets. I think the Blazers win tonight, but I think the Nuggets win Game Seven at home. And then on the other side, uh, I think we're both in the same boat that uh, it's going to be the Raptors. I think Toronto. Yeah, possibly tonight. You know, wouldn't surprise me if it's tonight. I told you, I think, two or three weeks ago we were talking about Philly, and I said I thought Philly's season was bound to end in, you know, some sort of very negative fashion, and them losing by, you know, 15 or 20 at home is is the formula that I, I hope I'm wrong again on that, but it just kind of feels like that's where this season's been pointed toward all along, was, you know, having it, having it right on their racket 2-1, and then they blow game four at home, and then they just get run off the floor two games in a row. Yeah. And nothing more fitting than watching a bunch of Philly fans get really, really mad. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I mean, it's just it, if, if it's going to be a spectacular disappointment, you, you do it at home because that just feels right for, for the way this season's gone with them. That's had ups, but never really the ups they expected. And just, yeah, I mean, I know, you know, most people think they'll win tonight, they'll bounce back, and I hope they do, but I think Toronto beats them tonight. Uh, we're going to be back. We're going to have a bunch of our summer content, which is going to include random stuff like revisiting right. where Manny Wilkins fits in our quarterback rankings. I'm going to be pushing hard for a mascot draft with no rules other than we're just drafting mascots. Okay, uh, okay, I can do that. You know, who knows what kind of movies we're going to talk about and, you know, before you know it, it's going to be uh, fall camp for ASU right. and for the NFL, and everything will just be as it should. Yeah, it's it's not too long around the corner, but yeah, like I texted you this morning, it's a, it's a little bit of a slow time in the college sports calendar. So we'll find some topics to get our get us through May and June, and talk some basketball as we go. And then, yeah, by the time you know July rolls around, it'll be looking ahead to football season. All right, until next time, he's Matt, I'm Ben, it's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.